0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey.
2: The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 74 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first. I'm delighted to say, back on the show again, um, is, is our is friend of the show, former Camel Airs coach, and that's Phil Haywood. Phil, how are you, mate?
1: I'm
0: fine, thanks, guys. Are you all right? Having the ball as ever, mate, having an absolute <laughs> ball, as we were just saying. Off air. Um, great to have you on the show again, mate. Appreciate you, you coming on tonight on a, on a Sunday evening. We've all just been watching uh, Marine, I'm sure, um, and Liverpool making themselves relevant again with a, a Jurgen Klopp cutout knocking around the ground. We, 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 won't, we won't dwell on that. Uh, we're we're going to go over um, the, the third round cup game against Rotherham uh, yesterday which, you know, which we all thought was probably going to be a bit more of a walk in the park than it actually was. Uh, but it turned out in the end Pete, that we made slightly heavy weather of things didn't we?
2: Yeah we made a lot, a lot, more, of a, a lot more of a meal of it than we, I think we should have or we needed to. It was almost like for 20 minutes. We looked confident. We were playing some, uh, you know, really positive football. But as soon as our first goal went in, it was like the, the sort of down tools. Um, it was like everybody thought we won the game at 1-0. And we we almost gave them the game back. Uh, in, in a weird way, it probably would have been better if we hadn't have scored so early. I think if we would have scored later, um, well, you know, arguably it wouldn't have been so difficult. But for a long spell of the second half, they were the better team. Yeah. Um, and we were quite fortunate, really, that you know they only they only sort of got the one back, um, and then when it came to sort of extra time, it was like we could have got three or four. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like we started playing again. So it was a bit of an odd game, really. I know we'll we'll come on to the the midfield, but for for me, it was all, it was again a case of certain players turning up and other players not so much. Um, and I think a lot of players sort of playing within themselves and it was. I, I thought it was a shame we had to sort of go to the bench to bring our, you know, sort of members of the, the first team on to help us win the game um, because it was an opportunity for me. I mean, fair enough, yeah, look, we we won the time, we're through to the next round, that's the main thing, but it was an opportunity for me to put in a really confident performance, rest some key players um, and build a bit of momentum again. Um, so it, it was just a bit of a, nervy
0: weird match wasn't it? I mean th- those those first sort of 10 10 15 minutes or so obviously we, we we got the early goal it was a great finish by the way by, by chen sossen lo- lovely finish great ball from Anthony Gordon and, and I was sitting there thinking this is going to be four or five this you know we we started the game so comfortably uh, a lot of possession which you would expect being obviously the, the Premier League side players playing with that you know, a bit of confidence and, and players coming in and, and looking like they, they want to take a chance whether that be obviously Anthony Gordon uh, Chen Tossen, obviously, who's who's been in the media this week, uh, potentially, or he's a bit upset about not getting not getting uh, much of an opportunity at the club. So you think you know it, it looked like it was going to bode well for the for the game going forward, and was going to be a decent response to a poor performance against West Ham. Um, but do you agree with that? Feel that what people say, you think that almost we we sort of became maybe too relaxed, put the uh, took off foot off the pedal almost.
1: Yeah. I- I spot on what Pete was saying. I think exactly what he was saying. Um, I just, I, I feel, I, like you might think, thought it was going to be four, three or four. Um, I, I feel each week though, we, we keep thinking, we keep saying, is this going to be the week where, I don't know, a Davis or a Gordon or a Gomez, is going to be more consistent now for three or four games. And it's, when the game finishes, you always feel like, when are they going to turn up again? Um. And that was the ideal opportunity there. Um It's interesting what Mourinho said tonight. I don't know if you, you heard the quotes going on, go on t- just to that. He said, I'll, I'll always take the blame for the Premier League. But today, you know, I'll blame the... And I understand it's Mourinho Tottenham. I totally get that. But I also feel like, I don't know if it's because it's Cup, like Dunger face and all the press at the end, and it was almost like he was a bit fed up with some of the players. um, Ancelotti, you know, haven't, like... Pete said, bringing on likes sort of the you know, me and it would have been nice to have rested those guys, um, but I do feel it, it, it petered out a little bit, didn't it? Just, it? It didn't get going, did it, at all? I don't think at all.
0: That, that was a disappointing thing, wasn't it? The fact that we, we had to call upon players on the bench. I, I know It was great to see, obviously, Luca Dean start a game. He was, yeah. He's got through ankle surgery and, and, obviously, the injury that he had in, in record time. Uh, so it was great to see him back on the pitch and Obviously, get an hour under his belt. Great to see Hammers start the game as well. I, I thought that was right to, to give him a start. But, right, obviously, no Calvert Lewin, no Richarlison, rest them. Uh, the Corey on the bench. It was a case of, you know, we shouldn't need you. You can just, you know, make up the numbers on the bench. Um, obviously, Yaya yeah, I Mina mean, got a, a bit of a rest as well. And, you know, you, the team on paper there yesterday were were more than strong enough. You know, I thought it was a real strong yeah. start at 11 yeah. and a and side that was more than good enough to put a few goals past a, a struggling Rotherham side um, in, in the Championship. And that was a disappointing thing, wasn't it, Lee? The fact that, like we said, we, players have been given opportunities now to, to come in, uh, whether it be play, players on the periphery uh, of the squad, like, like Gordon's been in recent weeks, or players who we're seeing come off the bench, maybe, in the Premier League, like, like a Tom Davis, uh, Anze Gomez, for example. Um, players like that who don't seem to be coming on and grabbing an opportunity to say to the manager, yeah, you can count on me just to play against Wolves, against Aston Villa in the Premier League. I should be starting ahead of X, Y, and Z. Yeah,
3: I, I kind of agree with you both, but I also think we've got to give a bit of credit to Rotherham. They made it a cup tie. They made it a cup tie. Fans or no fans, it was a cup tie. Mm-hmm. Now, we all probably thought, as Pete just said there, um, you know, as soon as we scored after five minutes, like we did to some of the League Cup sides in the early rounds, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cruise this three, four, five nil. But you know, they they got stuck into us after that, and I think the players were guilty of it as well. You know, maybe us as fans thinking, yeah, we're gonna walk this. They probably felt it as well because let's be honest, the goal was quite simple as well. It was a lovely turn on the halfway from Gordon, but you know, he, he could have drove a bus through the through through the uh, centre halves where where he played it into Tosin. To be fair, it was a good finish, but then. Yeah, I think you give credit to Rotherham. I think, I think they, you know, they had, they had a, a big lad up front, a bit of pace down the wings. The guy on the right side was giving Luca Dean, obviously, you know, all kinds of trouble. And it was his first game back, obviously, and he wasn't fully fit, but he was running at him. You know, I think not long after we, we'd scored, I think if you cash your mind back, um, their sort of period started when that lad cut inside. You know, Luca Dean was trying to show him onto his right side, and he cut in onto his left foot and had a shot. Olson saved it. You know, kind of a bit of a mini scramble. It was laid off to a guy on the edge. He had another shot, saved it again. It went out for a corner. I think that really lifted them. That really lifted them. Um, and then from that point on, they had a bit of a spell, didn't they? You know, where they, you know, they weren't really having loads of clear cut chances, but they were making Olsen awesome work. I think they had four corners in the space of fifteen minutes as well. So you, I think you've got to give credit to them. Yeah, we've rested some key players. We were struggling to hold the ball up up front. I think I said to you, Mike, didn't I? Like, Solskjaer really needs to play in a two for me because he can't really hold the ball up. He's not quick enough to get in behind. So the ball was coming back at us, and when we did have that little bit, a little bit of possession, we were kind of drifting into sort of West Ham sort of type game where we were just knocking it around just for the sake of it, without really going anywhere. So uh, yeah, it was, it was you know credit to Rotherham, but we we have come on the you know off the back of a. You know, a poor loss to West Ham. Really, you know, we played probably our, one of our worst games of the season there. And as I said, we rested probably our main goal scorers as well in Richarlison and our main goal threat, certainly in Richarlison and um, and and Calvert Lewin. Um, so yeah, credit to them as well. And, and like the main thing is that we got through. But they they made it ugly. And I thought the ref let a lot go as well. I thought there was you know there should have been a few yellow cards dished out a bit early on. But they were leaving their footing quite a bit when they? they were trying to make it physical. They were picking up a lot of the second balls. Um, so for me, it was kind of a classic cup tie, kind of without the fans there, really. Um, so credit, credit to the opposition for me as well.
0: Mm. It's, it's, it's an interesting take because obviously we're, we're always, maybe as a fan base, quite critical and, and quick to criticise. And, and, and I understandably so. I, you know, I said myself, I, I, didn't, I thought it was a bit of a pathetic performance from us. But we've got to give credit to the opposition. Pete, you know, they, they've come to Goodison, obviously no fans. Uh, I'm sure if we were in there, by the way, it would have been slightly different. We wouldn't have allowed the players to, to take it probably as easy as they did after those first 15, 20 minutes or so. But they, they came to Goodison, Pete, and they give a good, a good account of themselves. And, you know, we, we should probably give, give a bit of credit to, to them, to the manager. Um, they, they, they pressed us, I thought, really well. Um, and we, we were saying, weren't we off there, but you wanted to highlight, Carlo, you could hear Carlo barking instructions time and time again and one of the things he was looking for was probably was that more pace to our play and a little bit more consistency and commitment like our
2: Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? You, you could hear him uh, shouting a lot to switch the play. Switch the play. Switch the play. And he's talking a lot to Gomez, Andre again, again. It was, it was almost like in that too, and again, I know we'll come on, come on to it, but I really felt Gomez, in particular, did play within himself a, a little bit, um, you know, re- very side to sides, not not picking the ball up and looking to play positively, not looking forward a lot. And, yeah, look, yeah, credit to Rotherham in some respects, but if you contrast that with the game, say, under Marco Silva when we went to Millwall, that, that for me, was, you know, lesser opposition getting really organised, looking to exploit our weaknesses, making a game just horrible for us. And, you know, arguably on that day, Millwall deserved to get something out of that game. But rather than for me, I, I thought they looked like a poor side. Yeah, yeah, they pressed us. Yeah, they they did some things well. But they looked terrible at the back. For me, they were there for the taking. Um and after that first goal went in, we should have smelled blood. We we really should, we really should have gone after them. But I think we all we all switched off a little bit and yeah, Lee makes a valid point about the ref, but I can remember watching the game and shouting about three times, play the whistle, play the whistle. We weren't playing the, you we know, were expecting to be given the game. We were expecting to be handed the game. And the goal for me, I've only seen that goal once. And I've got like a photographic memory of it. It, it. it it For me, it was that poor. There were about five players at fault for that for that goal. Starts off on the right-hand side. Coleman doesn't get off the ground. He, he just does one of those, and I don't understand why fullbacks do it, where they sort of watch the ball. And don't jump for it. It comes inside. Davies puts in like a half challenge. Gomez watches the, ball, watches the ball go across him. Davies sort of tracks his man, but doesn't into the box. It then comes back across him. And it's a scuffed shot, you know, across the keeper. Into the, it's a terrible goal, isn't it? It's, such, it's an awful, awful goal. But I think the thing that annoyed me so much when I was watching it was that there was about five or six players that could have intervened. And there was almost like the, this sort of systemic energy, in the team. And it's it's like when you take one or two key people out, we're no longer the same side. And that that's the worry for me. Um, you know, the fact that with with Jacore or Alanin or both of them, you know, we almost, we, we can be a side that can beat anyone. But I think the moment you take them out, even against a team like Rotherham, we, we just look, you know, sort of mentally as a unit t- to be a really different, Team, um, so I I I disagree slightly. I I didn't think Rotherham really did
3: that much to to get themselves back in. I I really think we gave it to them. I I think they I think they, I I think they made it a cup tie. I think I think as soon as we scored, I think they just went right. We're having a go. We're having a go. I think they just they, they threw a little bit of caution to the wind. Don't get me wrong. They didn't. They weren't nineteen seventies Brazil knocking it around. But they 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 definitely they definitely made it a cup tie. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think that's the first time ever that Rotherham and, and, and Brazil have been mentioned in the same <laughs> sentence, by the way. But, um, but no, genuinely, I thought, I thought they did make I thought they made it a physical battle. We didn't match him. In, in, we all know in these sort of games, you've got to match the endeavour, the opposition in the FA Cup. I mean, you know, look at Leeds today. Leeds didn't do that today and they got found out against a team a lot lower than Rotherham. You know what I mean? And Leeds have obviously been playing pretty well at times this season as well. No one would have predicted that scoreline. It wasn't a fluke 1-0 either. It was 3-0. So mm-hmm. it just shows you you've got to match the endeavour of the teams, you've got to match them physically, you've got to win those second balls, and almost earn the right to say, right, now we'll get on it and start showing what we can do. Like the comparison to make is like I said in the early rounds of the League Cup where, you know, when we had that seven from seven run, and obviously some of them were League Cup games, you were playing lovely stuff, knocking it around, quick one touch passing. You know, that was very much like very pedestrian, like the West Ham game, wasn't it? And, you know, you know Carlo was bellowing from the sidelines. He was shouting switch. He was shouting move, move. Every time the ball got dropped back to the centre-halves, he was shouting, everyone, move, move. In other words, give people an option. And you could see Hamo's was trying to get on it. He was trying to switch play. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those days for me. He tripped over thin air at one point. Then he got the ball whacked in his face on a cold January day against Rotherham. I'm just thinking, oh, here we go. He's going to go off here. But then to be fair to him, he got you know he gathered himself again and he, and he probably had a great last 15, 20 minutes, didn't he? He sort of started playing Coleman in a lot more down the right. And obviously he laid on the goal in extra time, which was a which was a fantastic pass. Um and also he put on the goal, you know, the goal for Tosin as well, which was, in my opinion, harshly disallowed. We'll come on to that in a second, in terms of, you know, V A R in some games and not others, which is an absolute farce from the FA. But um, yeah, I, I just felt I just felt, you know. Credit to them, they made it a cup tie, and, and like Phil said before, the main thing is we got through. Um, and you know, we know as fans outside our best 11, and Carlo will know it as well, there isn't that much depth, is there?
1: Well, on that, I just on your point there, I just I think like for them, it's a free hit, they're not going to play anyone as good as Everton uh, all season, and uh, they're expected to get beat, so anything they do, um, will try and frustrate us, and I think that's that. It helps us then, because I, I personally don't think you've got to, st- as a player, you've got to step up, and I don't think we, uh, we've we got the play the personnel for those players to step up. For example, I've, I've never seen or heard Carlo that engage in a game, whether we were just lucky to, enough to be next to the microphone uh, this week, but I just don't think, like we I've always said, if calvert doesn't score, who scores? If a Charles... Like, I just don't see some what the, some of the players offer, if you get me, like um, I I always thought when Bernard came he'd be like Pinar, Pinar and Baines like um, Bernard and Dean I just think some games he looks great some games he fizzles out same with Gomez um, Gordon I was a little bit disappointed I know he got the assist but I know he wasn't getting much of the ball but sometimes you just got to go looking for it at times I just don't think when you've you got missing players like Decore right? or you're missing players like Richardson. I, I don't think um, players step up and I think like I said, Rotherham, that's a free hit for them, so it's on the onus is on us now to to then pick the game up by the scuff of the neck and and show. And I just don't think some of our players do that. I think they go into hiding and rely on like that pass for the, the goal for the core, or you know. I just don't think we we're not consistent enough. The players who don't play in the squad uh, in the team enough.
0: We always talk about sort of bravery, don't we? And um, yeah. you know, p- players looking to to make things happen. And sometimes, as probably we saw against Rotherham and we've seen before, it's just almost too safe. Players not wanting to, to take a chance in case they make a mistake. Obviously, Hammer's quite quite happy. He will try different things. And sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but other players, and this is no criticism of him as a player, but Anthony Gordon's very, very young, of course, and he hasn't been exposed to much first-team football. So he probably needs to go out on loan, if we're being, if we're being brutally honest, you know, a lot of people have called for Anthony Gordon to get more game time and there's no doubt the kids have talent. and and you know he's had a number of assists now since he's been given a chance by Carlo from last season to this season has a number of assists um and he can look lively. he has looked lively but he needs to go out and and play 35 40 games a season would say a championship side and 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 play against you know quality Quality opposition and, and strong opposition week in week out. I think to yeah. to go and then be blooded and and, and obviously earn his, uh, earn his stripes that way. Um, but we we certainly need and it comes it comes with a mentality shift. We keep on using that word as well, me- mentality. And th- there's a mentality shift which is certainly happening, and that comes with the quality of players that come into the club. You know, players who want things. Hammers, Alan. Uh, people like that, you know that kind of quality. That's that's what shifts things, and that what that then you know the more players we get like that, who are used to taking uh, chances and being brave uh, and taking the bull by the horns almost, we then become a better side. And in that kind of game yesterday, we go on and we all win the game four or five nil every single time we play that kind of team.
3: I'll tell you what, if Hammers wasn't playing yesterday, we could have gone out. I reckon. Yeah, and I'm not saying he had a world class performance, by the way, but what what. There was a couple of bits I noticed in the first half, even when things weren't really rolling for us. He was wanting to get on the ball. And if you look how he receives the ball, look how he, 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 the problem I think with our midfield sometimes at the minute, when they get it, they've got it back to goal. And they're kind of like, you know, they're not getting it on the half turn. They're not getting it so they can face play. They're kind of like, so their only option really is then to go back or square. Very rarely are they moving or getting or receiving it in a position where they can hurt teams. Mm-hmm. And the prime example is, 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 is Hammers the way he created that, the winning goal essentially. Is that the way he receives it, he receives it side on, doesn't he? You know, he receives it. He picks a pocket of space, he receives it side on. So, therefore, his second touch can get out of his feet. And then he has a look, then he has another look and go right, bam, played it. And that's what we need more of. We need more sort of players in that who, who prepared to sort of receive the ball on the half turn. And then, because we haven't got many ball carriers, we just said this off mate, haven't we, before? I mean, look at the difference Nkunku made when he came on. Yeah. You know, he only had a little cameo, but he's one of the only ball carriers probably with a in our, in our team. You know, And he got the ball and his first thought is, right, I'm running at you. I'm running, running. And he whipped in two or three great crosses into the box. And we haven't got many ball carriers, So, as a result, most players are getting it and thinking, right, pass, 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 pass. Or where are we going? It's quite laborious. And then I thought, you know, James there really made that difference. You know, of of course, he did with laying on the goal. But even just little bits in the first half, he was just showing just little touches. You know, you notice how he, he hasn't really got loads of pace, has he? But players were trying to get tight on him. And he just does a little shimmy or a little bit of... You know, a little faint and he just gets a yard every time, and then he was switching out to the left side like he loves to do. Um, so yeah, I think Hammers there really. Um, well, he proved to be the difference, like I said, because he set up the winning goal. But um, yeah, without him in that team yesterday, it could have been one of those classic sort of Everton Cup side moments, isn't it? Over the last we've had over the last twenty years, where we've gone out to a to a lesser opposition, really. Um, so it, look, the main thing is we got through, didn't we? That's the main thing, really. First and foremost. But Carlo's definitely not happy. You can tell, and it was it was the same against West Ham. That game was nil nil written all over it, wasn't it? And then obviously they got a bit of a fluke. Um, but it was a very similar type of pace to the game, wasn't it? Albeit against different opposition.
1: L- Lee, you know, you know the, the, you, I agree what you're saying about Rodriguez. But do you also think like the Corey makes that as well with his runs? You know, you were saying people are so safe if the Corey doesn't make that run, he doesn't pass that ball. I, um, but. in f- you know we got too many people just st- too st- still in a position, and we we'll just go to full back and then back to centre half. And I think that's when we signed Decore, I, I didn't know much about Allen. I didn't watch much Italian football, and obviously Rodriguez as much. Uh, I didn't know much about either. But Decore, had someone since like Kale for me, like box to box, and I think his movement was phenomenal yesterday in the short periods on and he's done that all season, I think he's been one of our better play- you know if you take Calvert-Lewin out, I think he's been out- outstanding to Corey but that's what I was saying like if if these players like a Davis or a Gomez or a Sigurd, whoever is one of those out the, uh the three you play, they don't dominate the, the midfield enough for me like the Corey's been, like Mike said there was brave um, in the game and he, he's made that run but I couldn't see Davis doing that, or you know, when we say I've said this on social media, I don't know what Gomez is personally. I don't. He doesn't create. He doesn't score. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't hold. Someone said to me on a reply that he he his range is brilliant, but I, again, I don't see that. I just don't know what he does and. I don't think he would have made that run, if you get me, and I've been brave in the game. But like you said, Hamers, if he wasn't playing, I think, although I don't think he was outstanding, but that quality he can provide. Yeah, he did enough, outside. didn't he? So, yeah.
3: He did enough to win as a game. I think it's interesting Decore. I think, I think he's slowly got, quietly got better and better as yeah. he's got fitter and fitter, Decore, for me. I thought he had a great game against Spurs. The whole midfield had a great game against Spurs in the first game of the season. Then he had a couple of, I think, you know, I wouldn't say... Poor games, which is what you'd call stock games. And then as he's got fitter, I think he's got more and more confident. Obviously, he got the goal recently as well, um, with his head's probably given him more confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, you've mentioned Kale, he's probably our last, probably main goal scoring midfielder, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? A real goal threat, a box to box type midfielder. Um, So, yeah, so him driving really, driving, he's got loads of energy, isn't he? -hmm. He is very much box to box, like you said. And It was great to see him make that run because we needed that. Because, like I said, Tosin really is—you know—he's not—he's not, yeah. not going to run the channels for you. He's not going to hold it up. He, he's the sort of guy that needs to be laid in, like he did for the goal. Mm. Um, so, um, so yeah, it, it was good to see him. He, he made a difference when he came on, definitely from a mm. physicality perspective as well, because he's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, just... And I think he sort of commanded a bit more, a bit, bit more in the midfield. Um, but yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, the main thing is I, I'm really overt to just overly criticising players. You know, I want us to get behind the team. And I don't want to be naive in saying that in terms of giving false praise, but I just kind of want us to try and sort of create a bit of positivity behind the team. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we're still very much early stages transition, aren't we? You yeah. know, this is not, this is nowhere near Carlo's finished article. If we wrote, write that team down now and write that team down in another couple of transfer windows, it'd be massively different, wouldn't it? Massively right. different.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously we're going to cover the midfield in a, in a little bit more detail shortly. Um, but, but just to wrap, wrap up the, this particular game and the performance, we discussed obviously the 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 Corey getting the winner, which was a, a great ball from Hames, great finish as well, by the way, by John the Corey with his left foot. Uh, but before that, and Lee, you mentioned it before, VAR strikes again for me. And there's a couple of points here, isn't there, really? You know, we we look at one VAR was only being used in nine of the 32 FA Cup ties, which it was, you know, firstly, you know, in the same competition, it's different rules for, for, the, for games in the same competition, which doesn't make any kind of sense. And secondly, Tottenham was onside, which is all, you know, that makes it worse. Um, but, you know, if, if, we play that, if we play that game at their ground, we win the game in normal time. You know, we, we don't play half an hour extra. And as much as it wasn't a great performance, it would have been just a job done, you know, fairly efficiently, if you like, and and we're through to the fourth round. But we had to go an extra half an hour for, you know, for a system that, yet again, you know, the people in charge of that system, Pete, are the ones who are letting it down, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it seems strange. It seemed really strange. I mean, initially, when it was disallowed, to be honest, my first reaction was, well you know at least these bizarre decisions are are consistent and sooner or later one of them at least was was going to go against us we were going to have one like this weren't we where it's you know borderline bs um because wh- when I when I looked at the the initial uh, replay I thought yeah he's he's, he's well on the side there cuz it looked like um whoever was on the, their, their defender on the right hand side of the line seemed to be playing him on with with the arm with the shoulder, um, and then they they sort of do these dots. They do like this dotted uh, vertical line down, don't they, and this horizontal. And they did that, and I thought well, he's still on side, like like you say. And then the ref goes to the screen and comes back and says no goal. So I yeah I I couldn't make head or tail of it, but yeah I just thought it's one of them that we'll have to we'll have to take on the chin. But your point about. In not being consistent across the other cup ties is absolutely valid isn't it yeah you, you know surely you either have it or you don't um and if it's not possible to have that have it in all the games then why would you why would you have it in some and not others it just at this level of you know football and sports and competition and how important the games are you know especially to some of the lower league clubs um it seems yeah absolutely bonkers um that that they have it like that but
3: fortunately we're not all sat here saying um, you know that lost us the game. One word for it, and it's farcical, isn't it? That's basically what it is. It's absolutely farcical that that, that you can't. You can't, it's like different rules for a competition. You can't have it. I mean, if, if there's no VAR until like the semi, say or whatever, then fair enough. If there's no VAR in that game, like Mike just said, there we don't play an extra half hour of footy. It's as simple as that, you know. And we I mean, we, we get through almost you know with a scrappy performance, but. You know, let's say we'd have played that extra half hour of football there, right? And then, you know, someone Crystal got injured there. You know, I mean, let's say James would have got a serious injury or something like that. And we'd have been like, yeah, that would have been avoided, actually, if we would actually not had VAR in that game and, and and disallowed it. And speaking of VAR as well, like you said, Mike, I mean, he, look, he looked on. I, mean, I never get it, right? Because you're looking at it almost from a 30 to 40 degree angle. You know, if you're going to really assess it, why can't we be looking at it like straight down the line, like the linesman view of it? Then so you can properly see it if you're looking at it from a you know 30 to 45 degree angle. It, it, it's almost impossible to tell from that side. You know, I mean? it's pathetic. If you're going to really, if you really want to implement this, it needs to be looking at it straight down the line like a liner would see it. And you know, if, it, like I said, the VR is is good in some ways, but in a lot of ways, it's almost become over-officious, has not it? In the fact that we're now ruling out goals for like for for fingernails offside and things like that way. Really, the benefit should always be given to the attacker because we want more goals in the game. That's what we're there for. You know, football is a low scoring sport compared to a lot of sports. So, therefore, you know, you, you're finding more ways to disallow disallow goals. So, yeah, it, it was a complete farce. And, and the fact that, like you said, Mike, is it was the only Premier League grounds that had it. So it was nine out of 32 ties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and, and con- contrast that to the League Cup when we played United. Now, we didn't play great that day either, but. Cavani went and scored the winning goal. If we had VAR in that game, he sent off. He would have been sent off, and he? he grabbed, he grabbed him by the throat and threw him to the ground. Okay, Mina made a bit of it, but he would, he would still be in today's game. That's a red card. Yeah. So he'd have been sent off. So, so why have we got it then? But in this, in, it, they had VAR in the semis, though, didn't they? They kicked in the
0: semis. Yeah, so I, I came, suppose
3: so, so what's going on? You
0: know what <laughs> I, mean? I, I, I suppose at least there's an element of consistency with the League Cup because no one had it up until the semis so th- there's a little bit of consistency there but I think what you want to be looking at in the as like we said in the FA Cup you know you, you have sides like like Marine for example you know who um, we're obviously uh, uh, way, way below league football so so the, the point of the FA make as well they haven't got the facilities to to run Well, if that's the case if, if we've got teams in in the competition who haven't got the um, The money, the funding or facilities to run it Then we don't run it at all it's, it, it just shouldn't happen It can't be a case of You've got nine games out of 32 That have VAR in operation You know, it just, it can't happen we, we had it against Millwall last season You know, when it wasn't an operation Was it? Eh, not last season, sorry, two seasons ago When it wasn't an operation And, you know, their manager was going mad Because they were showing replays on the screen And going, turn going, turn the tellies off He scored his hand,
3: didn't he? Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, and yeah. it's it's shepherds because they they, can't, they just can't be. Surely there can't be that kind of inconsistency. It's bad enough as it is with the officiating, um, and obviously them using VAR anyway and their interpretation and getting them, them getting things wrong. But to then have so many games without it and so many with it, it's just it's just no no common sense is being used there. Uh, but obviously it's it comes down to money. You know the the FA, I'm sure. As part of the contract with the company who who runs VAR, only get paid probably if it's using the competition in some capacity, and that's that for me is is what it always comes down to. Um, but you know, on, on the day, it didn't matter. I suppose we the most important thing is we are through to to the fourth round draw, which is or oh, sorry, the, the, the fourth and fifth round draw because they're getting drawn together, which is another another bizarre situation. Um, but. You know, we'll we'll see what we get, and any any tie against lower league opposition because we've seen a, a few Premier League sides fall at the at the first hurdle uh, up to now, uh, which is which is great. You know, the the more Premier League sides are out, the better for, for ourselves, that's for sure. Um, but we look forward to that, of course. But one thing as I to say, we've we mentioned already in a little bit of detail, is is the issue surrounding. This the central midfield area because we, we've been saying for a while, you know, there's still work needed in that area. We we, we bought in the summer with the uh, Corey, and, and obviously Alan. Um the, the issues that we've had in certain games have been when either or have not been available and against Rodham was probably the first time from what I can remember where we had neither starting the game. Um, so Tom Davison and Andre Gomez, um, started in that position, and obviously Hammers was at the at the front of that as a as a number ten. Um, and like like I've said already, Phil, you know we're, we're looking for players to come in and say to the manager, "I want to be starting week in week out. Um, I I should be ahead of so and so." And the the one area where we're not particularly seeing that and haven't seen it uh, this season as been that central midfield spot, and we, we, you know, we said it already. You know, the players you've come in in the Rotherham game in central midfield didn't particularly do themselves any favors or, or get themselves. I don't think in, into their minds, just thinking for the longer term.
1: You you're spot on, Mike. It's it's a mystery. I think I, I don't even think it's been like the last eighteen months. I think this has been a problem for the last two, three, four years. The, the central midfield area. I just think um it doesn't. We've relied, we relied heavily on Garner Gay. and um, We've relied heavily on the, the players of the quality that you mentioned that he's brought in. And the rest are just like, um, you know, they, they don't show up consistently. Like, like I thought we were terrible against West Ham, but I thought when Gomez came on, he was actually our best player. I thought Sheffield United away, Tom Davis was was outstanding. Uh, you know, terrible weather, terrible game. um brought us down to their level I thought you'd outstand them but you just know it's not going to go on for three or four games and like you, you said Lee I, I always want to get behind whoever's wearing a blue shirt I always want to get behind but I always think to myself what did they do that game or what what did they offer that game and um, it just it seems to be so consistent and not just this season and and, and since Carlos Binning I think it's been a problem under, Koeman, under, under uh definitely under Marco Silva where we haven't got that right, whether it's a three in there, whether it's a two, um, I just I just don't think um, the players that do come in, in the squad um, improve us, and it heavily hinders us when key players are out, i.e. Allen, Decore, or and, and players like that. Um, because another one as well, uh, just going through players, I remember Southampton. We we got beat three nil and. Um, a word we got hauled off, dragged off. And ever since, he's he came as a right wing back and, and he's playing really well. Um, and I think a lot of people would have thought, well, why is Bernard not playing? And again, he, he's been one since I mentioned earlier. He's just been so inconsistent. And again, he could be a number 10, I think. Again, Chef he came on and got an assist to assist that game. At, but again, you just know that they don't carry on for three, four, five games and add an assist, a goal, you know, and you're looking to then rely on the, the same players. Um, so I, I, I can't put my think, finger on it why that is, but it's almost like, again, with Carla being so vocal, do the players know? Are they good enough to do what he's asking? Or, I, I just don't know, really.
0: And that's and that's the that, that's an issue, of course. I mean, you know we're, we're, we're talking about the sense of midfield here, and, and like you said, Phil, it's been a problem um, for quite a while now. Um, and I think the key, and you've touched on it there, really, is consistency. Because we we're, we're seeing players. I think I think Gomez Gomez has come on in in certain games in recent weeks and, and made I think a real difference. You know, you know, even against Sheffield United, he came on. on the thought yeah. he, he was bright, he was lively, he was carrying the ball, which is which is what we we haven't seen from Jose Gomez probably since that first that first season. You know, he's only scored the one goal for the club uh, against Wolves and that that's that's something which probably we want to see more of because from our point of view i mean seeing him and we have we've, we've discussed him at length in the past, but seeing him at his previous clubs, you know what he's all about he te- technically he's a very good player, but i get the arguments you, like you said phil when he's coming on what what is he offering the side what 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 is his role what is he doing now whether that you know we go back to the fact that he suffered a really bad injury um and I think I said to Lee on the phone yesterday, if you look at Seamus Coleman, for example, who suffered that, that horrific leg, uh, leg break playing for, for Ireland, you know it took him a good 18 months to yeah, two yeah. years, I think, yeah. to, to get back to, to playing at a level consistently. So you, you might have the odd good game here and there, but to be consistently like Seamus Coleman used to be, it took him a long, long time to do that. Now, Whether or not that's what's in Ante Gomez's mind, I don't know. Only he will know that whether it's affected him mentally, and he still plays within himself because of that. We don't know. It's, we're all second guessing. I'm just trying to put yeah. a little bit of maybe, maybe meat on the bones to to why he he's not hitting the level that, that we know. The frustrating thing is we know he can hit the level because we've seen him do a particular thing. Um, but what, what do you what do you think, Lee? Do, do you think that that maybe you know could be one of the reasons why Gomez is not particularly being consistent should we say in the last maybe twelve months or so?
3: Yeah, I think we do have to caveat the fact he's come back from a horrific injury. Definitely, some players never come back from that. You know, what I mean, it was a bad, it was a bad, bad leg break, um, and he's he's come back into the team. You know, it wasn't that long ago we were all saying, you know, we need him, we need him back ASAP. This was before, obviously, uh, Carlo came in because we had no one in midfield who could even keep the ball. Um, yeah, you know, if we cast our minds back to our midfield, you know, just after Andre got injured, we'll all remember that. It was it was horrendous, wasn't it? Um now Carlo, Carlo's not stupid. Carlo's spotted our biggest weakness really since he's come in, is our midfield area. And he's obviously he's strengthened massively in that area now. Unfortunately, obviously Alan, who's starting to really show what he was about, picked up an injury. Um, hopefully be back sooner rather than later. Like we've just touched on, Decore is now giving us a bit of legs in there in terms of being box to box. I still think we need, you mentioned before, Phil, you know, Garner Gay. I still think we need someone who can just get, just get about the pitch a bit quicker. Yeah. Just give us a bit of energy in there. You know, we've been, we've been linked with this Ecuadorian kid, haven't we, Casido, who's supposed to be like a Kante type, isn't he? And he's getting rave reviews over in South America. He's only a 19-year-old kid, this Ecuadorian kid. Um, and Tim Vickery's been raving about him as well. He's been linked with quite a few Premier League clubs. Now, apparently, he's that type of player, he loves to get around the pitch. Um, uh, like I said, almost very much Kante in his style. I think we, we probably could deal with that. We've been saying all along we need a six. And unfortunately, Gabamon's been, been out and he's had a really, you know, incredibly tough start to his Everton career. Uh, I think Carlo does see a player there. He's alluded to that, didn't he, when he briefly came back to training? But, um, Yeah, Gomez is an interesting one for me. Because we all know football. We've all watched enough football to know. We've all played it. You know, you can tell he's a a footballer. He's He's a technically very good footballer. You know, we can see that. Does he need more output? Of course he does. So for me, I think Carlo will do one or two things with Andre Gomez. He'll either ship him on in the summer or he'll keep him in the squad and go, right, Andre... I'm going to show you this goal you scored against Wolves here. I want, to see, I want to see more of this, mate. I want to see you driving with it. Because he can strike a ball as well. He showed it with that goal. You know, he, he can hit it off both feet. I just think he just lacks a bit of confidence. And he's talked about it himself in his past, in his time at Barca, things like that. I think he's one of those players that does suffer a little bit, obviously, with confidence. And he suffers a little bit, you know, as he, as he's come out in the past and said about mental health as well and things like that. So, you know, I, I think we... The optimist in me thinks we can get a player out of him. And I think if there's going to be any manager that does, it'll be Carlo. He's almost, you know, turned Awobi around a little bit as well. You know, we touched on in the pod last week, you know, the little comments he made about Iwobi saying, look, as a staff here, we all rate you. We all rate him. And he came out in the press and said that he's just, he's just, the player's just got to believe that himself, that he is actually good. You know, he has got ability. And if Carlo can do that and work his magic a little bit with Andre, and Andre can play, you know, uh, stretch your games and get fitter. I think you know he might be able to work his magic on him. If he doesn't, I do think he'll go on in the summer. Um, but I do think, yeah, it's an interesting one, Phil. You did say, you know, assists, goals. He, what is he? It's, it's a big question. But I think we've also got to be very cautious as well. We don't want to get on the players' back and turn him into yes, another sure. Ross Barkley. You know what I mean? And then uh, he's an easy scapegoat then, and everyone's on him every time he gives a ball away. Bam! You know what <laughs> I mean? You know. <laughs> It's
1: one of those, isn't it? Just, just touching on that, like his goal against Wolves, I, goal. like he just drove through midfield and yeah. smashed it. At, and that's what I mean. I, I, whether he's obviously, he's had different managers since then, and whether he's been reserved and, and he's trying to um, start the play and go through Gomez and, and pass it through the team, I, I don't know. But I'd, like the Tottenham game away from home, he, he was like a number. 10, he was, he was out, he was outstanding that game. I thought he was wide left. He was. Uh, number ten, he was whole. He, he brilliant. I just don't. I do think a lot of it's in his head. I do. I do believe that. Yeah, I don't. Massively. out a challenge I don't mean that. I just. I. I. I just don't think he rates him. Like I looked today. Actually, I knew I was coming on. And I looked at his previous clubs, and he only st- tends to stand at a cl- stay at a club for two years. He just doesn't seem. He. You know, he was at Benfica, then he went to Valencia, then Barcelona, then now us. He just. And I, and I was thinking when he was outstanding and uh, that loan period. I think it was us, West Ham, and Tottenham who wanted him. I thought there would have been an array of clubs, load of clubs who wanted them. But I just think now, if that if that was the case, would a lot of people gamble with? It? I don't know. And but there is a player in there, like you said, I do I do believe that with his goal and there's some games where, you know, against Sheffield and against West Ham where he, he, he doesn't really, know, but he just he just doesn't seem to. Maybe he's an impact. I don't know. Maybe he can't play 19 minutes. I don't know. There's something there though that pulls him back. I think.
3: I think it's mentally definitely mate. I had a few cop-out mates of mine um saying after that game at Anfield saying we w you know, they were almost like making comparisons with comparisons with Alonso almost with him. You know what I mean? In terms of his 'cause when I think of Andre Gomez and the best games he's played for us, he's playing with confidence. He's he's spraying the ball. He switches play a lot when he's playing confident, I think. He hits 30, 40, 50 yard passes, left foot, right foot. And that's when I think of him when he's played good games for us. You know, some fans will jump on that and say, "Yeah, it's only about half a dozen, whatever." But I, I, I think that's when we when he's playing with confidence. I do think he is quite fragile mentally. I do think he is a bit like almost Ross's. Ross was when he played was as well. And I, what I don't want is for him to become a scapegoat. And then all of a sudden, you know, when the fans are back and he and he tries something it doesn't come off, he's definitely the type of player that will almost shrink a little bit. Rather than being like a Rooney type, he'd be like, Right, okay, you're giving it me. I'm going to do something magic here and, and shut you up. He's, he's just not that type of player. Yeah. I think he is quite fragile mentally. And, you know, Carlo, you know, Carlo knows a player. And I think, like I said, he'll do one or two things. It'll be a crossroads moment for him. He'll either get rid of him mm-hmm. or you will kind of think, Look, I may strengthen again in midfield, but I'll definitely, you know, I'll keep you in the squad. Um, because, you know, that goal against Wolves, I mean, dare I say it, and it's probably a. Poor comparison. Almost Gerard was won it the way he just drove with it. Oh, and just smashed three, yeah. it, yeah, yeah. absolutely smashed it straight in the roof of the net. So, yeah, we, you know, we'll see. We've got Wolves coming up again next week. Hopefully, he'll do it again against
0: <laughs> them. <laughs> what What do you think then about about Tom Davis? Um, like like we've said, then probably his best game of the seasons come against Sheffield United. Um, difficult conditions. I, I thought I thought he, he did well in the midfield. He, you know, we sat fairly deep. Uh, but I thought he looked he looked quite good, and even even when he you know he he, he made a, a poor pass or a poor decision, it didn't affect his game. And, and I thought that was probably the best I've seen him for quite a while. And again, we're talking about consistency, Pete Hartley With someday days, because the, there's weeks when you look at him and you think, yeah, you know, he he's, he uh, he's working hard. He's, he's looking quite efficient. He's doing the simple things. We always say you've if you do the simple things right. Then you're halfway there, and when when Tom Davis does that for me, I think he's really effective. But do you think he potentially going to be due uh, a low move somewhere, Peter, to get him consistent game time week in week out, so we can then you know because we're not seeing him, he's not going to get into that side, is he every single week? Let's be honest. When when we've got a fully fit midfield, probably you know Tom Davis and Onze Gomez at the moment will not feature.
2: I mean, in terms of Davis, possibly. I mean, possibly alone might might benefit him. I, I think for me, when I think about Tom Davis' best games, he often looks like a decent player alongside our best players, I think. I think when he, he's got Allen in alongside him or Decore, you know, when, when he can almost play as an adjunct in that midfield, when there's a bit of pressure off him, um, I think he looks like a, a better player. I've, you know, for me, it sort of, like the lads say, it starts with the loss of Garner Gay. That we didn't replace him. That you know, G-Gabann had that horror injury, and I know we said for a long time that was almost the downfall of Marco Silva, really. Um, but him and Gomez as a two together in that midfield, they seem to really struggle. Don't they? Really, they seem to really struggle picking the ball up with the back against pressure. Um, you know, getting out of those situations. So I think it does raise a question about as you know has Tom Davies found his as he found his ceiling, you know have we seen what he's capable of at at Everton or does he need to have a little bit of pressure off him and yet yeah, maybe just have a a season or two playing thirty odd games, you know in a in a lower league um, where we can find out more about him, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's he's the answer. Um, I know a lot of people have been a bit frustrated by the the sort of Kadira rumors, and you know, when you look at the amount of central midfielders we've got, and but I I can sort of see it in a way because I I think you know Carlo's looking for experience in that in that position, that link between defensive midfield, someone that can receive the ball, use it well, be reliable, be intelligent. And I, I wonder sometimes if that's where Tom Davies lets himself down. Um, I think maybe when he hasn't got that type of player around him and really he's got that responsibility as a professional, he seems to become a bit inconsistent. Um, And as for Andre Gomez, I don't think he's that type of player. I don't think that's who Gomez is. Um, I don't know what you lads think.
3: Tom Davies is an interesting one. I, I I think Tom, look how much DCL's kicked on. I'd say they were kind of almost on a par in terms of what we thought their level might reach as fans and then Calvert-Lewin's gone on and really kicked on and Tom's not really moved on at all and if we're really going to be blunt I mean we're aspiring to be a top top four team you know we're in and around that at the minute in this topsy-turvy season that we're in are you really hand on heart say is Tom Davis a top four midfielder he probably isn't is he you know what I mean and I, I think he's kind of plateaued and as much as we all like him and I think he's a great character and a great lad you know um I just don't think, I don't think he... I think at best he's a, reserve, he's a reserve midfielder. And The other one to mention is, is, is in, in that midfield, if you like, is Sigurdsson. And, and he just frustrates the life out of you. I mean, I think Carlo obviously likes him. His attitude is obviously spot on. He's obviously a good trainer because obviously a lot of managers have been playing him. Not only playing him, been making him captain as well, which I still find a bit bizarre. But, um, so he's obviously good around the training ground. He's obviously a consummate professional. Um, and there's rumours even circulating around we might give him a new deal, which I, again I find that a bit bizarre because he's, he's coming on you know sort of the wrong side. the Deal runs out, it will be 32 or something like that. So um, we'll see we'll see what happens there. But he frustrates you, he really does, because again there's a player there and you know he, he has been playing. I'd say probably a, a half decent patch over the Christmas period. He, he starts to show a bit of form. He scored the winning goal against Sheffield United in a tight game. And then against West Ham, he was absolutely shocking. Mm. I mean, most of the team was in that game, to be fair, anyway. But he was just back to being, you know, dare I say it, the Guilfi, we know. If there was 40,000 fans in Guinness against West Ham there, can you imagine what it would have been like? It would have been absolutely horrendous. So, um, Guilfi's a frustrating one. I know I've, I keep on harping on about it, but we do need a ball carrier in that midfield who can just receive it and in tight spaces and then just, like, you know, either do, do something to get past the man and open up the play, um, or you know, we just need someone who's got you know, a bit like Darryl said, like a David Silver that City signed, you know, who receives it in tight spaces and then opens up the play by either a pass or uh, a, a, you know, dropping his shoulder or something like that. We haven't got that sort of midfield. I mean, Hammer's is probably the closest to it when he plays centrally, but I do think we need that sort of, sort of, you know, isco type, if you like, that I mentioned last week. You know, what I mean, someone that will receive it in tight spaces and and, and, and open up sort of tight defenses and. Basically make us more creative in midfield, full stop.
1: I, I always feel that as well. Like, what, what, when January comes around, and there's some mainly January, and what can we add? Like you say, saying, Isco, Kadira, things like that. I always think our players, would they get into it? Would Tom Davis get into Wolves midfield? Would he get into, I don't know, would he get into um, Leicester's midfield? Would he get in you know, the teams around us? And I don't think any of those midfielders would. Gomez, potentially, you know, I, I don't think, Tom Davis, like, again, on a different you their ball carrier, I'd have loved to have seen Phil Foden. If David Silva hadn't left, I'd have loved to have seen Phil Foden just given 30 games to play. And and the fans would have loved him because he, he's potentially fantastic on the ball and look what he's doing this year, playing with outstanding players. But I was thinking if David Silva had stayed one more year, I think he may have possibly gone on loan and he would have been the perfect person. But I always do relate that. I think, can, could Tom Davis get into... I don't know. Wolves midfield can it? Could he get into Leicester's? And for me, I don't think any of those can. Like six? No, I don't think they can. And, and we're trying to be this top six established team in the next three, four, five years. And I just think we're carrying too many. I, I think that obviously that will change. Like you said, Liam, Mike, and Pee About in two, two uh, transfer windows time, it'll be totally different. And he's have only got what he's got. But I just think we. I don't know if you'll spend a lot in January, and and what what can you get? But. It, it just I always I always flip that would they get into other uh, team sides and maybe that's the Achilles heel if we ever get in, if we get into Europe this year.
3: Yeah, Gomez strikes me similarly. You know like Tielemans at Leicester Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Strikes me that type of player, quite technical. You know, good on the ball. Um, you know, decent passer when he's playing well. But I'd say Tielemans probably does influence the play a bit more. I mean, doesn't mm-hmm. score a bag full of goals. Probably scores four or five, but. He's got
1: he a lot of legs, doesn't
3: he? he's got a lot of legs around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, he's making massive difference, more like the right. Leicester, you know what I mean? And you know, he'd get in most top four midfield teams as well. So it's not the finished article, is it? It's no, not. Right. Um, you know, but you know, if we aspire to be that top four side, you know, we, we do need to probably strengthen in that area of the pitch, definitely. Um and it just showed us yesterday again. Uh, I don't know what you think, Mike, but DCL is so important to stay fit. Because just because the way we play, Um, you know, if he gets injured, uh, I know Richarlison can play through the middle. But if he gets injured, that that really is going to affect us big time. If DCL gets injured,
0: yeah, it showed. It showed with uh, with Shane Ch- Ch- Tosson yesterday. You know, it was much. Yeah, you know, we we know and and I know Pete's a bit of a fan of, well, maybe maybe fans are the wrong way, but he he, he recognises the quality that that Tossen has as a finisher because he's a good finisher. You know, good finish for the goal. Good finish from the free kick, which was the one that was disallowed. You know, he's not a bad finish yet. He had a few other chances, to be fair. So he, he could have really done probably better than, than he actually did. He could have maybe scored one or two more um, on top of what he did. But we know, we know we're know we short. You know, we, we've got Calvert Lewin. And, and it could be, you know, if, if Tossum moves on in January, which is a lot of talk around and potentially going to Palace, uh, maybe West Brom, uh, looking, at, looking at a loan deal then it could just be a case of we've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin and no one else, which seems a little bit crazy going into the business end of the season. Uh, and it shows how important he is. I mean, he's obviously not scored in a number of games, but you know he's had assists, he's obviously won, won penalties, etc. So, yeah, massively important. Uh, and if you think, if you if played that game yesterday, He'd probably win the game in 90 minutes and no problem to be honest with you. because he's a different different uh animal to to Cienk tossing and offers it offers a lot more as well because the ball just like you said to me yesterday just wasn't sticking was it so it was going up top and going centre. it wasn't sticking to to, to uh to and he needs another player around and i think to be that bit more a bit more effective but whether we dabble in the market whether it be in center mid whether it be up top we we just don't know it's it's probably you know it's too A to say Carl said they're not thinking about that kind of thing at the moment. You'd hope we can ship some some of the dead without to you. you know we're offering absolutely nothing at all. And and when I say that I mean the likes of you, uh, you you Mo Besity, Yannick Balasti, people like that, you they they, they definitely need to go. Uh, I'm sure Tossen is another one. But I think if, if it's Jenk Tossen does go, he's got to be replaced with be a six month loan deal. As talk of Josh King again today has has come up. Um but another body is definitely needed to to back up Dominic Calvert Lewin because we we are sure. Um but I just uh, I think midfield, I think we'll 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 sort of have what we've got for the remainder of the season. Uh obviously Allen's due back end of end of Jan, end of this month. Uh well after after the middle of the month, Carlo said, um so he's due back in then. Hopefully DeCorey can stay fit. Um and you know, we'll get through with what we've got, but you know, when we're comparing to other sides, like like you say saying then, Phil, like you sort of wolves Leicester, even you know, United, Chelsea, we're up and around obviously the the, the upper end of the table. but you know, will the players that we've got in that position at the moment outside of Allen and Curry, get into those sides? Well the answer is probably not. So that it, it may cost us, but there's a longer there's a longer game that we're we're looking at here. There's more than just this season. Obviously, Europe would be great, uh, but there's bigger bigger things going on. And obviously, within sort of two or three years, we want to be challenging top four every single season. Mm.
3: Well, there's one for you. Moyes Keane's been linked with 30 mil for, obviously, uh, uh, for PSG. He scored, I think he scored again yesterday, didn't he? He got his 12th goal of the season, 11th goal of the season, I think. Would you sell him for 30 million and reinvest it back into the squad?
1: Don't Juventus get some of that? Did I read right? Did Juventus get? I I I copied and talking. Sure. I know
3: I, I know I know he did. He didn't get a sell-on clause, did he? Oh, okay. or something like that. I think. Right. I think I'm right in saying that he certainly didn't get like a buyback clause, did he? Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, he, he could score thirty goals in that league by the end of the season with those players around him, and if he scores thirty goals, you could probably probably add another ten, fifteen mils that maybe couldn't you? <laughs> but um, but the only thing is, my concern is there. I'd probably say I'd take the money because Pochettino's just come in. He's going to want to build his own team and knowing what we've seen of Keane already, I think he's going to want to bring in his own forward. And obviously, PSG, as we know, have got, you know, got limitless cash. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'd be tempted to get 30 million for him and then knock on Sam's door and get 20 million for Tosin as well.
1: <laughs> the, 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 the thing with Moise Keane is, is, is I, I, we're a bit like Tottenham. like, we're not going to. I think we're always going to play calvert Lewin. I don't think he's going to play two up front, so he's going to be calvert Lewin's understudy. And that's why I think Tottenham find it hard getting a striker in because they know they're going to be Kane's understudy. I think to get the money would be brilliant and reinvest it in somewhere else, maybe. Um, again, consistency is the way probably tonight, lads. Is, is, I've not seen a consistent run of Moise Keane, you know, where you, to give him five 90 minute games we've, we've obviously not seen that to see what he can do and it's hard to do something in 10 minutes sometimes even got three minutes if that but I think in that league I think they had that Stokes at play didn't they the striker from Stoke he's now by Munich which I, I find that bizarre cheapo Motang so I don't even look at them leagues the, the French league so I would take the money and, and maybe go go somewhere else with the market
3: especially in a Covid time as well Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd say, I mean he could go on to be a Superstar, and we might regret it, but um you know thirty million I didn't see enough in him, and if anyone was going to give him a game uh, some run uh, some time in our in our team, it was going to be a fellow Italian it was going to be Carlo Ancelotti, so yeah. Yeah. you know um rumors about his attitude as well, obviously a lot of that was fueled initially by soonest but um there was other rumours around when it that he was, sometimes a couple of times he was late for training, that sort of thing so um yeah, what do you think Pete, would you take thirty million? I think, like you
2: say, if we if we can reinvest it into the team, yeah, maybe. Um, because I, yeah, there's clearly a, there's clearly a technical player there. He's you know he's clearly a good finisher, but I don't think he's right for the Premier League. I don't think he's right for for Everton with the the team that we are and the team we're trying to be. A um, little bit like how, I'm not saying he's he's a similar player to Haller, but like West Ham, I've had to let Haller go because he's just not the right fit. Not the right fit, you'll score goals in another league, you'll bang them in all day long, but not here and not in this way of playing.
0: I think I think oh, the,
3: yeah.
2: the,
0: the current the current clan probably dictates as well. If you're getting offered of 30, 31 million quid for a player, like like you said, Lee sort of COVID COVID's still going on, it's still impacting football on a on a daily basis. If you're getting offered of that kind of money for a player, then you probably accept it, to be honest with you. That's just that's just the situation all clubs are in. At the moment, um, very similar to West Ham. You know, West Ham in you know, may, maybe sort of 12 months ago would have got 30 million, 35 million for Halle, you know, but the environment dictates that prices are not going to be what they were. So if we, we can make a profit on a player, then I think I think you go for it, don't you? And you, and you move on. I don't think based on what we've seen of Moise keen and there's certainly times when you think he, this this kid's a talent, he's got he's got some some great great things in his locker. There's other times and there was too many times where you were hearing other things that weren't weren't too good. And, you know, whether that be, you know, why a Big Dunk took him off at Old Safford, uh, whether it stems from that, you know, there's obviously he was he had some kind of party in lockdown and things like that. late for training, we we like you said, we've heard if his attitude's not right, if he's not a right fit, it's just the way it is. So we can, you know, we can make a profit, we can all move on, look to reinvest, um, and and go from there. Um, but you know, it's, it's the, the window's a funny one. We don't know whether we'll do any kind of business. Um, we'll see. You know, historically, Marcel Brands doesn't particularly like it, um, so we, we'll see what happens. Um, but we, we mentioned there, obviously, some outside in and around us, and this week's a real pivotal week for us, uh, with with a couple of away games at Wolves and, and Aston Villa. Um, and if, you know, if we if we start. With, with wolves, that that comes on Tuesday, um, they haven't particularly been the wolves of the last couple of seasons. You know, they're they're sitting in thirteenth, um, I think twenty twenty two points they're on, um, and it, maybe not not as as effective fillers as the they are with a with a fully fit uh, Jimenez. You know, we suffered a real a real shock and injury uh, at Arsenal, and obviously all, all our best wishes go to him and his recovery because it was a, it was a real shocker with the fracture to to his skull. But they, they certainly don't look quite as, quite as sharp and as much of a threat up top without him than, than they the had done with him in the side.
1: No, well, Mike, a group of our in a WhatsApp group, we, we speak about, you know, where we're going to finish in the league at the start of the season. And I tip Wolves not to be as bad as Sheffield United, but I thought they would go off the pace this year. Just coming off from the Championship, and they, they've had two, I think this is the third season back in. I just thought they would go by the waist. I think they, just, they did very well in Europe last year. And he didn't seem to spend much uh, or make loads of signings to, 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 you know, big strong like Jimenez, like like you mentioned. I just thought they they may struggle this year, and then obviously with the the, the terrible injury uh, injury Jimenez picked up, I just think they haven't um, got back to their old self. Torreira is not the same kind of play this year, um, and but again, it's it's always a tough place to go, Molyneux. Um, but I think I think personally. Um, that that helps us. I think when we play into better sides, I think they allow us. Um, you know, they come on us, and then we can counter attack them. I think when teams sit back, we, we twiddle our thumbs and don't know how to break them down. So I think I'm looking forward to the next game or two pans out against teams around us because I think they'll come at us, which will leave gaps for us to exploit at the back.
0: Do, do you envisage any kind of changes to the to the side, Phil? I mean. I, I was thinking, uh, I was speaking to the lads in the, the Toffee Blues this morning, and we had, we had a quick chat about the balls game, and I, my, my thinking is we might see uh, a bit of a, a movements in the back forward, with, with Godfrey maybe going back to left back, give, give Dean a bit of a sort of break, ease him back into things, maybe even put Holgate on the right. So we were talking that Traore likes to switch, so if you put someone on with a bit of pace to, to mark him, he'll go to the other side. Well, both Holgate and Godfrey have got that bit of pace. And are probably going to be a bit better against them than than uh, Coleman and, and Luca Dean. Obviously, at this stage, his recovery would be.
1: Yeah, again, it's funny, isn't it? I I, I think the four centre off who played in the back four have looked better than what we would expect. Luca, De- you know, defensive minded Luca Dean and Seamus Coleman. I think they've looked really. Uh, it's the stability's been fantastic there, and I, and I agree, Mike. I I think, obviously, I don't think he'll start Luca Dean. I think that was a, a game just to ease him back in. Um, and I think, he, I think Holgate hasn't put a foot wrong, really, when he's, when he's played at full-back. But I, I agree with that. I think he, might, he may go with that, with that back four. Yeah, I think that, that would nullify them, really, because it's solid, isn't it? So, yeah, I think
0: so. You think the same, Pete? Do you think that we're going to see Carlo make changes? Now, whether it be to the back four and we, and we try and go maybe sit a little bit deeper and play on the counter... Um, do you think it might change changes maybe further further forward as well? Obviously, we we didn't play with with our strongest eleven against Rotherham. So, calvert Lewin obviously comes back in. You'd assume Richard Arson comes back in, but do you think you might see Hammers maybe coming in centrally behind the uh, behind Calvert-Lewin? In
2: Lewin? Terms of the the back four, I, I I hope we do see that change. I hope we do see Coleman uh, Coleman uh, Holgate and uh, and Godfrey as sort of the the sort of right and left back because. I think Dean really struggled uh, in the cup game defensively. Uh, like Lee said, his, his fitness, obviously, understandably, isn't quite up to scratch. But I, I've watched where I sit. Uh, it's obviously Luca Dean's side. And I've seen him struggle many times against Triore. Um So you'd think it would be a game too soon for him. Um, you'd hope Ancelotti would be wise to that. Um Whereas Godfrey being much more of a physical matchup, and he's much more defensively minded, isn't he? So it, it just seems like the logical choice. Um, and yet, yeah, in in terms of Hammers, you think if he does play either on the right or as a ten, I think he'll probably play on the right. Then it makes sense to probably have Holgate behind him to have a bit more defensive cover. Because um, you think surely, unless unless he's got a an extra knock, because I think. That, um, on the slightly dodgy commentary I watched of the uh, of the cup game, they were saying it looked like he picked up a stomach strain. In addition mm. to getting smashed in the face with the ball, <laughs> so, <laughs> so there might might be a slight question mark over Hammers. We might see a Wobie on the right, mightn't we? And Richarlison um, left, and obviously Calvert-Lewin up top. But you no, know, I, I think that back four needs to be the, the one that we've you know we've had clean sheets against Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester, Sheffield United. Um, for me, it makes
0: sense. Mm. I mean, H- Hammers for me, Lee, you know, so, look, Pete there rightly brings up the right-hand side, and when he does play on the right-hand side, we've seen the right-back exposed quite often because defensively, Hammers is a luxury in that sense, and, and that's what comes with the player. We all understand that, and that's why sort of I'm, I'm thinking if we throw him centrally behind Calvert-Lew and take Sigurdsson out of the equation... You probably have a midfield, two of the Corey and Davis, to be honest, behind James. And then you've got a Wobi. then you can play on the right hand side. And the, the luxury of that for me is that you've got the Charleston, uh, James, and a Wobi. You can all interchange across that three and gives us a little bit more flexibility and probably a little bit more technical ability. I'd, well, m- most definitely, I'd say as well.
3: Yeah, I think he might go with that. I think he might go with that, definitely, with James floating in behind. Um... I do agree with you. I I do think um, he will revert back to the centre-backs as full-backs as well. Um, I really like uh, Neto, the lad they've signed, the left-footed Portuguese kid. Um, Everyone's talking about, obviously, Fabio Silva, who signed in the summer for big money, you know, 35 mil. And for me, early signs I've watched of him, uh, I mean, touch wood, he doesn't turn up against us now, but he, he looks a bit lightweight at the minute. Um, and Neto is—I is, is, didn't even notice. He's, I think he's only a year older than the lad as well than than, than Silver. And Neto looks a real, real fine for them. Uh, really direct, quick. Scored a great last-minute winner against Chelsea, didn't he? Right in the bottom corner. He just left Zuma for dead there and just banged it in the bottom corner. So they've got pace either side. Um, you know, Triore have not scored for a year. And then he obviously scores in the Cup the other day as well against Palace. They won 1-0, didn't they? Um, good goal as well. I don't know if you guys have seen it. He's sort yeah. of cutting on his left foot, which is his weaker foot quite considerably and sort of smashed it in the top bin. So, um, and I think a player who's really important for him, he's only just come back as well in the way they play, is Um I think he's one of those sort of players that's kind of underrated um, for them, really. And he, he's come back into the side. He's been out... Um, and I think he's he's he's, he's a very good all round footballer, Dendoncker. He loves to put his foot in. He's good on the ball. Uh, obviously, I've Neves that sits and sort of almost plays a quarterback role for him. Um, and obviously, you know, Martinho is dare I say it, Phil? He's almost like Gomez for us, really. He's he's kind of like a recycler, isn't he? He likes to keep the ball. Doesn't really come up with much, but he's technically very good. Um, so yeah, where Wolves have massively dropped off is ever since that horrible injury to Jimenez. With the way they play, they need that type of focal point up front. Um, Like I said, the young lad Silva is just not a physical presence at all for him. So they struggle to hold the ball up. Um, They struggle to get any goals out of him. And, you know, Jimenez, it just shows you how important he was for them because, you know, he always seemed to score in big games. Um, He scored against us a couple of times as well, hasn't he? Um, So for me, the main threats are out wide Um, for me. if, If we can shut Traore down, and we can shut, net, um, um, what's his face? I was just telling you, NATO down, sorry, on the left side. Then I think we, should, we pretty much nullified their attack then. Um, but then it's what we, what we can do against them. I think they can be got at Wolves. Wasn't it 3 3, the last game they had in the league as well? It was against Brighton, 3 3, wasn't it?
1: Yeah,
3: well, yeah. So, you know, they are conceding. You know, they've always been quite a sort of reputation for being quite a difficult team to break down, always come strong in the second half. Um and you know they don't tend to you know concede much or get beat by much either, but then they've you know they they have dropped off a little bit. So yeah, it'd be it'd be a good game, I think. Um, you know, we're not playing, you can know, considering we had a great December. Um you know, our last two games have been pretty poor. So um it's an opportunity to bounce back here, you know, against uh, sort of a slightly say weaker Wolves team. Um so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, it'll be one of those games again, and if we can score first, I think it'll give the players that sort of bit of extra confidence that they need at the minute.
0: I think the first goal is crucial, really, isn't it? I think if, if we can nick that first goal, then and if we play that that defensive uh, side that 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 we're all thinking we, we may do with those those four centre halves across the back, I, I think I'd, I'd be quite satisfied that we could probably keep keep them one nil on the scoreline to be honest but I think it is crucial I think you know we'll probably set up a little bit deeper and look to play on the counter and that's why I think having that bit more quality going forward with, with the Wobie, James Calvert-Loon and Charles and that's that four I think that could really win us the game and could be pivotal in, in in how we're going to play uh, but you know Wolves is Wolves a good side you know with or without Jimenez you know they, they've proven in the last couple of years how good they are they've been under the same mind for a number of years they all know his system like you said, Phil, it's a tough place to go with the best of times, Molyneux. Um, and you know it's, uh, they're going to be on a bit of a high after after beating Palace in the cup as, as well and getting through to the, to the fourth round, so certainly a difficult game, that's for sure, but, but one'm one, I'm, I'm confident that we can we can come away with a win. I think there, there will be a response to two poor games, two poor performances really against West Ham and against Rotterdam. Um and you know having, obviously hammers back with it again a little bit more fitness, um, you know, about 100, 100 minutes or so in his legs. Fantastic. Uh, Calvert-Lewham had the rest back in. and had the rest back in. It, it, it always, always helps. Um, but I think, I think we'll go, I think we will win the game. Um, I think it'll be 1-0, suppose, to be honest, it's a tight game, but I think it'll be, it'll be 1-0. Phil, thoughts on the, uh, on the score?
1: Uh, 2-0. I'm going to go for Mike. We'll score early and then they'll come at us and then we'll, we'll catch them on the counter again later on.
0: Pete.
2: I'm
3: still sulking, so I'm gonna say two two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lee.
3: I'm gonna agree with Pete. I think it's gonna be a score draw. I'm gonna say one one. I think um the last two games for me have, have not you know have not worried me, but it just shows you we're not we're not playing our best footy at the minute, despite as I said, having a, a really good run in December. But we won a lot of those games basically playing like a sitting off style, didn't we? Let, let the opposition have the ball and try, and try and stay solid. And I think it'll, it'll be a quite a similar, similar game against Wolves. I can I, I can see them having a chunk of the ball. If we can shut them out, um, the key for me is when we win it, what we do with it. You know, against West Ham, we did nothing with it, did we? We didn't create an absolute... We didn't do anything Their Keeper had nothing to do all game, really. Um, and that's the key. And it, it, that's why I really hope James plays. Because even if he's not fit, we just get him on the ball, just get the ball to him, just get him him on the ball as much as we can, um, because he's the type of guy that can unlock a defence. So, um, yeah, so for me, I'm probably going to go one-all. I think, um, and Richarlison, for me, needs to step up. You know, he he looked good when he came back against Fulham. Um, Since then, he's really tailed off, hasn't he? I don't know what's happened to him. He's really tailed off in terms of, you know, he doesn't look a threat. You know, I can't even remember the last time he had a shot on goal. Mm. Um, and he, he just, I don't know, know—he's—he's he, sort of drifted into the old Charles from making wrong decisions. You know, a couple of times he's, he's got it in great places out wide on the left and he's telegraphed it every time coming on his right foot. Um, so, yeah, so for me, I, I i think it'll be 1-1. I mean,
0: obviously, after the Wolves game, it, it's difficult to, to discuss, obviously, at length. Um the Villa game, which comes obviously on on Saturday, um, but Pete do you think that the, the Villa game is arguably more difficult with the way Villa have been playing, playing with bags of confidence? I know, obviously, we're not even sure at this stage whether the game's going to go ahead. To be honest, because of the uh, the COVID outbreak at Villa Park at the moment, so it may not go ahead. But obviously, if it does, do you, do you envisage that game to be to be a tougher game than the uh, the Wolves game?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for several reasons. I, I think, firstly, Villa are almost uh, the new Leicester, aren't they? The sort of ultimate counter-attacking side. And they, they seem to have a team with loads of team spirit, loads of belief. They've had some great results against some of the bigger sides as well. Can't remember who it was they put seven past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, p- potentially the return of Ross Barkley, again. Um, mm. And potentially in a team where it, it suits his style of football, Um you know, he gets to play higher up the pitch. He's got a, uh, a bit bit less sort of defensive responsibilities. And he's just there to break and play on instinct. And that's when you get the best out of him. Um, I think in, in Chelsea's system, I think I'll arguably he's struggled to, to fit into what Frank Lampard wants him to do. But from what I've seen of him so far at Villa, I know he's coming off a, um, a little injury. But... Uh, He's been absolutely fantastic,
0: especially that game he played, was it, against Arsenal? Mm. Um, the look, look back, to, look, look back to, to the Ross Barkley of that, that uh, the Martinez, say it was his 13-14 season, wasn't it? You know, where, where Ross Barkley just took on, took on all comers, and as you've said, he, when he plays with freedom, Ross Barkley, and he plays without thinking on instinct, you, you see the best Ross Barkley, and having a bit of quality, you know, the likes of, we've we mentioned off here before, Jack Grealish, the, the quality that he's got, you know that that that's that that's a player, isn't it? You know he's he's come on leaps and bounds in the last sort of twelve, twelve eighteen months. Um Certainly, certainly a player you could get into to probably all the you know the the top four sides you would say, uh, and will fit into any side in the league. You know the, we we can't speak highly enough. I don't think Phil of Jack Grealish and the quality that he brings to that of side.
1: Yeah, we, we were speaking off air about I think again consistency that way. The last eighteen months, he. I think he single-handedly kept Villa up last year with some vital performances. And, and I think as a team, Villa, as uh, Pete was saying, a number of reasons, they, they're a team of no egos. Like That Matty Cash has done very well for them. The, the, the centre-forward he signed from Brentford, uh, John McGinn. They, they all seem to have, uh, have tucked us on board and 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 obviously helps when you've got someone like Jack that Like you said, Mike, he, he could walk in certainly get into he's as val- I would say he's as valuable as Fernandez is for Man United. You know he's he's on they were always saying when they cut who would you ever have Fernandez or Grealish last January. And I think Grealish's price tag was up the river a young English lad and he weren't sure. Um, but I think he's as important to Villa as as Fernandez is for Man United.
3: Yeah I, I totally agree with that mate. I think Jack Grealish is a fantastic footballer. I think he's he's really, really come on He's obviously showed talent when he was a younger, a younger lad. Um, you know, he, if I remember rightly, I think he, he pretty much won that game for Villa against Liverpool in, it, in the League Cup um, when he was a proper young boy then. But he's he's really blossomed. He's filled out. He looks a really fit lad. He's, he's obviously, you know, um, great at carrying the ball. Um, like I said before, he... he he always seems to do something. You give him the ball in and around the box. Like the Ben one on target. He, he he's got a lovely little clip cross. He always seems to find Ollie Watkins who's done well for him, like you mentioned then. Um and you know and if he if he doesn't do any any of the above, he always gets a free kick. He just always gets his body in the way every single time. He just seems to glide past people. Um and and obviously with Barkley coming back as well, they were starting to form a bit of a partnership before that injury because Both of them are very, very comfortable running with the ball. So they've got two ball carriers there. And you just mentioned a player I wanted to mention as well as McGinn. I I think he's a really good player, McGinn. He's your old-fashioned sort of Scottish midfielder and he's got a bit of everything about him. He's like a little rottweiler, loves a tackle, but he's good technically as well. Um, And, you know, he's got a decent crack on him, he's got a decent shot. Um... You know, he hit the bar against United with an absolute, absolute, uh, uh, great strike. And, um, they were very unlucky not to get anything against a strong, strong United team. United are probably one of the informed teams in the league at the minute. Um, and I thought McGinn had a great game that day. And Villa Villa in general have really improved. They have they figured out where they were weak and they've improved it. And, and, you know, I said before, even in the summer, you know, I think they've got an absolute coup in, in getting Martinez in goal as well. Um, He's, he he looks a really top keeper. I don't know what Arsenal were doing there, getting rid of him. Um, but um, what's the Villa manager? What's his name again? Um, does anyone know his name? I Can't remember his name. Mike, you'll know. What's the Villa manager's name again?
0: Oh, Dean Smith.
3: Dean Smith. He's come out. He came out and said, didn't he, about Martinez? He physically said that he has made our defence single-handedly better because literally all the back four have got complete confidence in him. He comes. He comes and claims for balls. He's very dominant. He seems to talk a lot, um, and that has lifted. The, he said, "As a defence, we've improved massively just on his signing alone." Um, and like you said as, as well, film Matty Cash in it. I mean, he's 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 really been an astute buy for them as well. The um, same reason why I really wanted to get Aaron's from from Norwich um, as as a sort of a, a replacement for Coleman and a long term replacement for him. He strikes with that type of player, you know, likes to get forward, typical modern full back, and he's got a great delivery on him as well.
0: Yeah, they they they've done they've, for me, probably the most improved side in the Premier League from last season, Aston Villa. You know, they, they, I mean, I know they, they beat us early doors last season when we when we could have gone top. What was it? We feel when like we go top, all that kind of talk. Um, but you no, know, they, they've really improved, like we say, Ollie, was it Ollie Watkins from Brentford who's come in, looks a decent looks a decent striker. Greedis is as come on again, look, looks, looks a better player again this season. You've, you've said that, you know, John McGinn very good. Goalkeeper Martin is very good. They uh, just seems to have done the right thing. And, and it's good, you know, I like Aston Villa, you know, with one of your traditional sides. Uh, they, they've suffered quite, you know, quite a bit in recent years, you know, with the, the relegation and um, ownership issues and things like that. So it's good to see that they're, they're back in the Premier League and, and i look looking to to sort of cement the place in the Premier League for the for the foreseeable but but certainly a difficult game and um, you know these two games are so pivotal I think to, to our to our chances of staying up there you know staying in touch you know getting in that in that top four um these are the sides you've got to be going to and and at least getting something from the game if not winning the game you know you've got to just be, be ticking over we, we we gave away three points to West Ham from an absolutely appalling performance and we've got to try and get that back from uh, you know, hopefully we beat Wolves, but tougher game for me, this tougher game, and, and I think if we, if we can come away with a, with a draw, I think I'd be fairly satisfied with that. It might sound a you know, bit, bit mad going to Villa, you should be beating Villa, et cetera, et cetera, but a good side, you, you've got to give it to them, uh, but I'd be quite happy to come away with a with a one-all draw uh, from that game and just keep on ticking over. You know, I think it's really important to, to take points off the, off the sides in and around where we are. Uh, Phil, thoughts on the scoreline?
1: Uh, say, so Mike, I'm, I'll be happy with four points on the next two, but with the reasons you gave there, Mike. So, I'll 1-1, I would say Villa.
0: Please.
2: Yeah, well, even though I think we'll draw a Wolves, I think we'll beat Villa 1-0. Clean sheet. Lee.
3: For me, it'd be interesting to see how how, it, how COVID's affect the camp for them. That could be massive because, uh, you know, they'll be coming to the tail end of it, won't they? So, how many of those players have been able to train? And with those players, you know, will be even available for selection um, you know, if the game even goes ahead. Um, so I do think um, it could fall in our favour that it could fall in our favour if they have got some key players that will be out. And obviously, as I said, the training ground is closed, isn't it? So, you know, are they going to be are they going to be really match fit, having not been able to play for um, what will be about two weeks? So that could fall into our favour. So I think we could nick it Um and we owe them that for last season as well. Um, so I I think I think we'll nick it. Um nick it one nil like Pete. I do think we'll be hard to beat. And I think we'll nick it. As good as Ollie Watkins looks, he's still not clinical. Um so um yeah, I I think we'll I think we'll nick it one nil.
0: And like I said, this shoe when the game goes ahead, they, you know, Ville when are sure uh, at this, this particular point. You I know, mean, obviously they have to play there. The kids in the FA Cup, uh, which was a bizarre decision, but you know we we know it, it favours certain certainty. We will go into that in, in any kind of uh, any kind of detail. But we we'll wait and see. It's what still, the, is the
3: best goalkeeping dive we've ever seen from Arne's header there, though. You seen it?
0: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> no, you see, yeah, yeah. There's I don't know what I don't know what was going through the keeper's mind there. You know well, he's obviously a young keeper, but come on, it's, it's, it was, what was hey, That, that wasn't like you at Goodison, was
3: it, mate? That wasn't like you at Goodison, that.
0: <laughs> well, the, the the first or second time, because the first time, Pat Van Den got no goal past me after I clearly called for the ball, but we won't well on that one either. Um, you know, as I said as I said on Twitter the other week, I didn't say that to him at the time either, uh, and I can't think why. I just, I just put it down, so that was my fault, Pat, sorry about that, mate. Yeah, I moved on. Um, but no, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? The kids, the kids, obviously, for Villa were given a chance and and, you know, made a really good, a good account of themselves there. You know, it was uh, it was great for them, I'm sure. But it does bring into, into question, you know, the decision-making at the FA. That's all, that's all we'll say about that. Um, but that, that's us for this week, Phil. Thanks for coming on the show again, mate. Really appreciate it.
1: Cheers, lads. I love those always. Brilliant. Thanks for asking me.
0: No problem at all, mate. We will be back next weekend. Um, obviously, all being well, and let's see what what game actually, actually happened. But we'll be looking back at the... At the Wolves game, that's for sure. And um, we're going to be looking ahead because the, the following weekend will be the fourth round of the FA Cup. The draw takes place tomorrow. Everton our ball number 10. I'm reliably, reliably informed from the, uh, the FA website. So we will
2: catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three Blues. Three Opinions. One Everton podcast.
3: Sports
0: Social Podcast Network.